Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and educator Haley DiMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue features a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of January 21st. This is season four, episode two of the 24 episodes that we have committed to for 2024. We are entering the third week of Ordinary Time, and I am on week three of Keeping It Real. I still have not sent out our Christmas cards, but Anne, both of our football teams won their divisional games this weekend. So that is a good place to start. Yeah, they, it's an exciting time in sports. You know, there's several weekends that get like this, but with, what, four games and, you know, having gone from the wild card weekend to this one, it's just kind of a fun time of year. And there is a buzz, especially if you're in an NFL city that's participating in these contests. You go to the grocery store, everybody's wearing you know, their Niner, you know, gear, I'm sure, or purple in, in Baltimore. And I was actually at a crab feed for my parish last night. So they had the game on and then we had to go upstairs to where the food was. And they said they were going to bring in a TV and they did it. And clearly people were streaming the game and <laughs> I had just the updates on my computer. So it was pretty fun. It's, you know, that's why we love sports. Yeah. Bringing people together. Yes, I bet. And that is actually the best part of sport. Um, when it does bring people together. And, and certainly we've felt that in Baltimore, and I would imagine all the other cities that still have teams in it are feeling that same sense of community. Um, it, it really carries you through a lot. And, you know, as we move into the flame and what's hot this week, again, not me, I am freezing still. It's cold. Oh. We had a, quite the snow week here. It started last weekend. Actually, my son was traveling back to, to Notre Dame and, and to school, and his Flights were canceled and they were delayed and it, the whole thing was just um, kind of amazing. He made it three and a half years without this type of weather. Oh, um, interesting. Yes, okay. but it was, we had two snow days here, actually maybe two and a half because we had a late start one day. So with no school Monday because of the MLK weekend, no school Tuesday because of snow, late start Wednesday and again, no school Friday. It was just a strange week. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting as part of, Keeping it real, yeah, I'll be really honest with you. I get very frustrated with parents who complain about days off because of snow and late starts because we are trying to keep everybody safe and off the roads in the morning. Um, and and we we I sh I'm sure all schools have them. We certainly do. But the the nasty emails that we get because we have a delayed opening to allow the roads to warm up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I'm personally very very sensitive to it. Maybe more so than I need to be. Oh yes. But mm -hmm. um, you know what? I who doesn't love a good snow day? I never had them growing up. You probably didn't either. No. No. Never. But let me tell you, know what it means. Yeah, yeah, I know. Growing up in Arizona, we didn't at all. Yeah. But the no, joy, the joy of the however you found it, the the email, the text message. I would imagine when people were younger, it was a phone call, or you know, years ago, you had to watch the ticker along the news. That joy of knowing you're not going to school that day, and you get to stay at home and play in the snow. It, it's it, it really, it's almost a rite of passage that I have only enjoyed as an adult. And I certainly yeah. enjoy it now as, as a, a working in a school as an administrator. Uh, but some parents don't. And so I have to, I've, it's really it try, tried my patience a little bit. But I think ultimately, I just had to, to pause and take a, a deep breath and, and just feel badly that they 
either don't have the flexibility in their jobs or can't see the joy in um, celebrating that time with your kids. So that's my rant for the day, but um, fun week (laughs) of fun week of snow and football. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I um, was thinking, you know, I can't relate in many ways. Um, I did travel to Raleigh Durham last weekend and it was quite chilly and I returned to the Bay area and our version of cold, is is nothing like other places and i will admit that you know you just you get used to what you live in and i'm very comfortable and we've had a lot of rain and i've seen just there's a lot of accidents even Mm -hmm. because of rain so we're not factoring in ice we're not factoring in you know snow so i i applaud this cool effort because people just don't they're not careful they are it's it's incredible to me how aggressive some drivers are and and whatnot. And that's its own rant about, you know, aggressive driving and the increase of that. So I'm glad students are safe. And that uh, one of my roommates, when I lived in Washington, D.C., we had two days. Um, we didn't have to go to work because of snow days. And her name's Bridget. And I'll always give her a shout out. She said, if we had a third day, we might have a plan for world peace because we felt like we accomplished <laughs> so much in those days off. Yes. Right? Those bonus days off. So, yes. Yes, I can't um, relate now, but um, and I and I while I envy the snow day, I also don't envy some of the other side of that wearing hats, gloves, <laughs> boots, all the, the effort that, you know, it takes to get outside and um, kudos to parents for preparing their kids and just anyone who has to get in the uh, weather in the elements it's a reality it's winter right it it, it is but let me do do not sell yourself short in the lack of winter weather that you have because i did watch of course the the divisional game with um the green bay packers and the 49ers and the the that i i think i think that you had it worse i would rather sit in snow than sit in rain 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 in 35 degrees has got to be the worst weather to be outside in i always say if it's that cold let it snow so you're dealing with your own version of winter um but but certainly it's it's it they all it does all have their problems um you know and one of the things that you know i certainly am a ravens fan um wasn't born a ravens fan of course the ravens weren't around in the 70s um and have have just adopted them since we've been living here the past 20 years and certainly my kids have been raised ravens fans having been here but i don't know and you know i know this is kind of a hot topic so we're going to keep it um as as lukewarm as we can without getting into uh-huh. it too much but one of my favorite moments from the game where the ravens um when the ravens played yesterday was in their divisional game was seeing jim harbaugh walk through the concourse and greet his brother john I just, you know, we've been talking, the brothers have kind of been on the forefront of, of football with the Kelsey brothers. People have, you know, taken a huge interest in them. We mentioned their podcast last week. But, and I know, you know, you probably, I'm sure, Ann, watched the championship game. I don't know if you caught the moment. John Harbaugh was flying out to Michigan to, to watch yeah. Michigan, to watch his brother coach. He okay. had weather delays and didn't get there in time for the start of the game. Yeah. And so they showed him kind of, you know, mid first quarter, I think it was, it was certainly the first half, um, kind of, you know, greeting his brother on the sideline and giving him a hug. First of all, I find it amazing, you know, when, when the Ravens played in the Super Bowl and, you know, 10 years ago, they, they, it was a Harbaugh ball. They played against each other. 
I find it remarkable to have two brothers who are so accomplished in that sense. Yeah, Same with the Kelsey right. brothers. But there's just something, and, and I don't know if it's because I have two boys at, who are super competitive you know, in their own right with one another who love sports. I, I love seeing the affection and the mm. support that these brothers yeah. at such a high level have yeah. for each other. And I, I I love the Harbaugh brothers because of that. I love the Kelsey brothers because of that. I just um, it, it it again. It's for whatever reason, whatever we think of them as people, players, coaches. Um, it's been it's been really fun for me to yeah. to see and admire that that brotherhood that is truly a brotherhood. Yeah. No, I I, I appreciate the perspective, and you know, John. Um, is the brother that I respect and admire. I, I have very strong feelings about Jim. Um, he's, he was obviously interviewing for the commanders in DC. My friend saw him in a hotel like the night before. So he's one of the NFL teams he's talking to and it's awesome. That is really cool that he was able to uh, be there for his brother. You know, he coached here in San Francisco and brought him to that Super Bowl that you referenced. And yeah, I, I feel like with Jim, um, there's just he's so smart and such an effective coach and i just raise questions about how he's done it i was at the gym yesterday and i said to a friend who went to michigan i said congratulations and i said you know awesome national championship he said that feels so far away now and i said well don't let it i mean those things are precious and right. i said but does it feel good does it feel good rob and i was like trying to get under his skin um, just a little bit. So, you know, it's part of the fun of sports. And uh, he said, Ann, you know, there's like three other Michigan guys here in the gym. And I said, oh, great. I'll talk to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, can, you know, the ribbing goes on, but the congratulations is to the players and to the team. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, certainly. Well, and you can tell you can tell your friend Rob he should enjoy it all year. It does not happen right? very often, and it and no, it should be celebrated precious. every single day until next year. You know, one thing I read about Jim, and and I you know I just share this because it was totally um, just super, just really fascinating to me for a number of reasons, and I think surprised me to be honest with you. He was in um, Washington D.C. this past Friday for the March for Life. And I read an article where he and his wife, Sarah, have always told their players, his players and staff, that uh, if they ever, and, and, and I understand this is a hot topic, we definitely need to stay uh, Switzerland here and, and, you know, and try to stay neutral. But he has told his staff and all of his players always that if they ever find themselves in the situation of an unplanned pregnancy, he and his wife will raise the child. And... Um, you know, again, whatever did or didn't happen um, on the football field or in the stands of other teams they were playing, um, I, f I found that admirable. A lot of people have yeah. their opinions about um, yeah. pro-life or pro-choice, sure. um, and, and I, f I think it's remarkable um, because he, I think he would, um, yeah. and to, that he's actually putting actions behind just, you know, his words. So interesting little tidbit there. I'm happy to send and post the link on that, that story, um, because I, it, it doesn't, it hasn't um, gained much, much traction. So those are my thoughts on the Harbaugh's and the, the Kelsey brothers. Um, super fun to watch. I just, I love healthy competition and I, I love seeing it in the family as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love honesty too. So that's a. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Anne. Okay, you can get yeah. that dig in. <laughs> integrity. Maybe integrity is the better word. I mean, I always said it's, it's too easy to be honest. Integrity, but what an yeah, what a powerful message to his players. That is a great thing to be able to say to young mm-hmm. to young people. And um, uh, this is that time of year. You know, it's always interesting to me. We have the MLK, which is a national holiday, but it's the only national day of service. And then, you know, that following Saturday is the walk for life. So I just, I like that. I like that comprehensive, just kind of look at the week and um, all that, you know, we as a country are trying to build and promote and um, not one without the other. So, yeah. Yes. I didn't go to our walk for life here in San Francisco. Honestly, Haley, it totally, like this time of year, like I said, I should have known because I teach a lot about MLK Day is a national day of service. I feel like uh, something happened in the week, right? It's mid, we're already mid late January. Yes. And usually January is a long month. And we've talked about that before where it can be tough after the holidays and mm-hmm. the days are still short. But hey, so far they're going by. So, um, you know, I, I know there was a great turnout in San Francisco. A friend went and, you know, I hope their message of um, respecting life in all its many forms. Today, our petition at mass was really beautiful. It was um, for peace, for the elderly, for the unborn, for those who support you know, families and children. It was great, so. That's yeah. a great message every day. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your trip to Raleigh. Yeah, so I got to go, uh, no snow days. It was pretty cold. Um, <laughs> one of my best friends moved to Raleigh Durham, to Raleigh, excuse me, two years ago. So I was able to see her kind of her world that she has created and um, really special just to meet her new friends. And I will give a shout out to her parish, St. Francis in Raleigh, really wonderful Catholic church that has a women's ministry. So she's met some some wonderful women through that group. Um, she's also involved in like a um, philanthropic group called mm-hmm. Seroptimist. I don't hmm. know if you've heard of that group, yeah. but um, it's been a good way because she you know, works from home in her job. So I was able to see her and then taking that theme of brothers, um, two of my former students both graduated from Stanford, but one is a fifth year. So not, he has another year of eligibility. He's at Duke, he's in the business school there as is his brother. So one is on the roster and the other one is a grad assistant. So we were able to go to Cameron Indoor. I had never been before um, for a game. I mean, I live out here. Somebody's like, I'm surprised you haven't been. I'm thinking, well, you know, I maybe when I had gotten to DC, but also like, it's not an easy ticket. There's only yes. 9,000 seats there. Right. So that's a great, that's a very desirable ticket. Yes, I would love to see Notre Dame play at Cameron Indoor. And I was actually glad it wasn't, they weren't playing the Irish because then I could easily cheer for, my student and for Duke University. So it's loud it's, and it's it's spirited. It, yeah. it really is. And it's it's kind of it's it is certainly an iconic venue. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have only been there for a women's game. I did see the Notre Dame mm-hmm. women play Duke women there oh, once. Yeah. And it's it's smaller than I think yeah. any of us really thought, um, or at least I was anticipating, you know, you think Duke basketball, it, it seems very big and grand, and and yet it has such a great intimate, intimate feeling. Um, it is a neat place to, to watch a basketball game. I'm glad you're able to do that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, the older brother, Daniel, really, they actually, they both, they both prepared me. They said, it's not big. And it's funny, 
how mentally, like if somebody tells you something, okay, then I was prepared. Yeah. But if I hadn't, it would have been like, what were you expecting? You know? So it's an interesting idea. Like when somebody tells you something, right. Mm -hmm. How you take in the information or you don't. And then in addition to that, there were other things like it's so small, the backboards come down from the ceiling, you know, in most arenas now they're so big it's like from the baseline because the venue is used for other events right yeah so it has an unobstructed baseline seating which was kind of cool but it's only possible because it's so small right and it's old so it, it does kind of feel like that cathedral of basketball mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um yeah great experience so anyone who maybe ever gets a chance and yeah, for men or a women's game, it'd be awesome either way. I would imagine. It is. I, you know, and I think the intimacy of it, you, you feel like you're right there in the action and you're so close to the court. You know, there really is not a bad seat in that arena. It's that's awesome. Yeah. So for our spiritual stew this week, I I'm just going to read this is the gospel from Saturday of this weekend. So the Saturday of the second week of ordinary time, and it's it's pretty short comes from Mark 3 20 to 21. So I'm just going to read it real quick. Because it just it really spoke to me. And I've thought about it a lot over the past probably 48 hours. But it says Jesus came with his disciples into the house. Again, the crowd gathered, making it impossible for them to even eat. When his relatives heard of this, they set out to seize him, for they said, he is out of his mind. So those words at the end there, Anne, he is out of his mind. And and I've thought about this a lot even before this weekend. And so I think perhaps the fact that it, it was in the gospel and it just, I think, jumped out at me even more. Because I, I often think if Jesus showed up today, or or I or I think probably I, I would have to more specifically say if someone came into my life or showed up in modern day claiming to be Jesus, um, or if Jesus came, I, there are a lot of people who would think that that person was out of their mind. And, um, you know, would would we believe that person? And, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've always found so fascinating and unique and powerful about our faith is, is, you know, that is really the definition of faith. We are believing in something that we can't prove and can't tangibly prove, I should say. You know, we can't see Jesus. Sure, if Jesus walked in my room and, you know, then I would believe he was real. But would I really believe that that person was Jesus? Um, so it's, it's just, it's kind of an, int- it's just an interesting almost stream of conscious thread that I have thought about for many years is if Jesus showed up, would we believe it was him or her? Would we believe it was Jesus? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, I think that's a great question. I think we should ask ourselves that and with as much humility, right, as mm-hmm. possible. And we know one of the Beatitudes speak to that, blessed are those who have not seen but believe. And, you know, that message is for us. Um, so, uh, yes, I think doubt is as much a part of faith as, right, you know, it's good and bad, you know, good and evil. Like, they go hand in hand. Right. And it's not necessarily, one helps us understand the other. So thank you for putting that in the context of what faith really is. Um, but that line, he's out of his mind, it's such a, we say that, so I, that's probably right. maybe why it caught your attention, I would imagine, but it is, we don't know, you know, when, when we're talking and you're, t- you're saying that about with this question that you've sat with, I 
think about what Jesus would, my experience of him, if even if he's crazy, right, or his message is dramatic or countercultural, there's a quality in people. It's rare, but I know a few people who I just really love because of their goodness. Mm-hmm. And it makes me trust them or value them. And really like, that's the name of the quality. They have a goodness about them and people really know it. It's not like certain people know it. They're like, oh, they're a good person, you know? And so I guess I just offer that example as like a starting point for would I have believed Jesus? Mm. I don't know, but I think I would have like experienced his goodness. Mm -hmm. And then it makes you potentially open up. I don't know. You, you do listen to what they say. You value them. Yeah. So that was the quality that I, that came to my mind as you were raising this question about belief. Yes. No, I, I, I appreciate that. Cause even when I was saying it out loud, I, I was thinking, well, I, I think the context in which this person came into my life would probably play into it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something interesting to think about is, you know, oh. and, and, and again, I've always felt like if I, you know, lived 2000 years ago and, and was able to live and walk with Jesus, I would believe in him. You know, I, I would know that there that he, you know, that he was who he is or was or is. Um, but it, it really is almost easier to have faith when you don't have that concrete. You know, it's almost I, I'm thinking it's almost easier to believe when I don't know for sure. Um, sure. Because if somebody, I, yeah. you know, if Jesus showed up in my life, I would I have that same faith that I feel like I do now. Anyway, so just something that yeah. something. That... No, it's good. It's good to play with that. It's good to. That's like a you know great way to pray too. I think, and um, it places you kind of directly in the gospel, which is a lot of you know. Jim Martin talks about imaginative prayer, like that exercise of it. So stay with it. You know, you're in that audience. What is your yeah. What is your reaction then? How is it different than now? I don't know. Yes. Well, the passage that I was thinking of is from today's gospel. Um, and I, you know, didn't realize this, but so this is also Mark's gospel. It's the first chapter. And the first, so Mark's gospel starts with Jesus's ministry. So mm-hmm. there's no, you know, nativity. There's no genealogy. It starts with Jesus at 30 years old, right? And his first words are, This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like this immediacy, this, like his message is imminent. This is how we're starting. And I was kind of curious about it because, you know, one of the readings was talking about Jonah going through Nineveh and, and people needing to repent and wear sackcloth. And it was this message that I wasn't expecting to hear at this time of the year, right? In January. I mean, I could imagine during Lent or, you know, at the, uh, towards Christ the King, the end of the year, so to speak, but this is where Jesus begins the ministry. And then he calls these disciples, you know, by name, they were fishermen and making them fishers of men. And Mm -hmm. it was an interesting, just focus to see that before he calls these people to join him, that's what he has to say. He is the prophet here. And yeah, there we go. Let's apply your question. Like when, if we had heard him say that, this is the time of fulfillment, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Would would we have believed? I mean, I think repent is always a good message, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. time of fulfillment, 
he's out of his mind. A, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I'm thinking of someone standing at Speaker's Corner in, in London in the park, right? Someone standing on a box saying this and you're, it's, it's, a, it's a lot to take in. I, I will say this is, um, it, it is something I need to really, really <laughs> think about. You're right. And pray about too. Yeah, this is where the listener needs to see your face because like <laughs> hands are on your temple. You can see you're really, you're, you're <laughs> thinking about this. Yes. So, you know, these people do respond. Obviously, Andrew and um, Simon, who becomes Peter, they do respond. They drop everything for him. And, you know, that's another question. Like, what would lead you to drop what you're doing, your life and your livelihood? And join this person so they become apostles which means to be sent you know they are disciples but certain disciples become apostles they leave everything behind mm -hmm. yeah so he had to have been convincing that goodness must be must have been real palpable <laughs> there but they also might have really desired it you know yes. and and i don't think and and i am not going to put you and i in the category of of, of disciples or apostles right now and right here. However, I do think there is a part of this, and I do think this is part of what we are called to do is, um, you know, and maybe it's not Jesus showing up and saying to us, this is the time of fulfillment, you know, repent and believe in the gospel. But I do think we're hearing that message in mass and through the readings and through reflections that we do. And are we living our life in a way that is following what we're supposed to do? And and so maybe it's maybe we're not following this physical manifestation of of, of God yeah. and Jesus, um, right. you know, this actual person that did exist, but maybe we are, or I think what you and I are certainly striving to do, right, is is still follow and and be that disciple and apostle, this disciple, but follow and 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 share what we are supposed to share as mm -hmm. the apostles did what we know and love about about Jesus and our faith and and all of that i'm not i'm not being too articulate here but i think um i, I think that's what we're asked to do and yeah and no it, and I, it begs the question like well, what does that mean in your life right i mean i think that's a question we have to answer i I mean, what does it mean to believe in the gospel to you? Like, what does that look like in your life? And yeah, what does it even mean to repent? I mean, to change my ways? Right. <laughs> Just trying to, you know, get through the week. But there's something here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I, I did read a reflection about, you know, what are our, what are our nets? You know, what, what are the nets that are keeping yeah. us from doing what we need to do. And and perhaps it, it's not that we are fishermen who are truly leaving our nets and following him, but maybe it's we need to find, you know, what's keeping us and, and yeah. holding us back from truly moving forward in the way that that God knows we can. So what do you think is like the number one, what do you think is like a, a common net? Ego. And um, well, I think it, I think it it varies for different people. You know, certainly, um, the the busyness of life, the clutteredness, not physical thinking. clutter, but just kind of the clutter in my head. Um, yeah. And 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 I, I I kind of attach ego to that because that's me thinking that what's going on in my head is more important than truly what I need to be doing. Um, yeah. Thinking we know better, 
in in terms of what our life's supposed to be than perhaps really looking at what God's telling us, who God's yeah. telling us to be. Um, I, I, I think actually that will be my takeaway for the week, you know, mm-hmm. as part of the melting pot is what are my nets and what is, yeah. what is holding me back? Um, yeah. you know, what am I getting tangled in that is not truly important? Um, you know, and this is yeah. an interesting week yep. for me. Um, you know, we, I've got, it's the 32nd anniversary of our bus accident I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, that's coming yeah. up. It's also my son's yeah. birthday, my mother's birthday. So it's it's a oh, emotional awesome. week all around. Um, yeah, yeah. I I had a, a you know a really wonderful conversation this weekend with Ann Hip. She was the mother of Colleen Hip, who was one of oh. the girls who was killed, and and that's always so believe it or not, life affirming for me just to connect oh. with her and you know hear her goodness and her mm-hmm. faith and it's very strong and it's it's truly inspiring um really okay. second not to my coach you know certainly coach tim welsh had that strong faith and and the hip family does too wow. so it's so i i think this is a good week for me to really reflect on going back to where my faith began and that faith journey that started for me in in such wow. a powerful way but also seeing what are the net? What are the nets I've gotten tangled in along the way, yeah. and and how do yeah. I slowly start to peel them back? Yeah, it's a great image. It's it's um, you know, and there is one passage where it says like set your nets into the deep, like go deeper. So it's like there's different ways that we could even use this, and what do we get tangled up in? And mm-hmm. you know, it's thinking about Jesus's message being so imminent right here, right now about, you know, what to do. This is the time of fulfillment. And I, this, this week, a friend was saying life is short, life is short. And you've definitely seen that, you know, I mean, Pauline was 18, 19 years old. 19. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's true. And I sometimes feel like, you know, the acronym YOLO, you only live once. Mm-hmm. It's this rally cry of, do what you want. And I, I think for me, and I don't know this, like there's something, it's something in the middle. Life is short. You only live once, but at the same time, like maybe sometimes we put, need to put our nets deeper, like go deeper. And I, I don't know how to navigate that. I don't have the answers. I'm not pretending like I do, but I just, I'm very aware of this as a tension, I guess, for how we live. Um, you know, I do think one of the things that gets in the way of one of my nets is the busyness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might be fear, um, you know, not wanting to let go because mm-hmm. it's what you are familiar with. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where to take the net. I guess just yet. So, well, I, you know, one way you could think about the net is is letting it go by dropping it and letting it go deep and yeah. kind of letting it sink. Um, right. But that's that is a work in progress as we all are. Yes. So that is certainly my takeaway this the this week. I'm going to spend um, kind of the next couple weeks till we meet again, thinking about my nets, thinking about what just as just being aware of it and present as I go through my day and my weeks. What am what do I get caught up in? What prevents me from you know reading the gospel first thing in the morning, which is usually my choice of time to do, but it doesn't always happen because I don't. So it, it comes out later in the day, sometimes at night when I climb in bed, you know, why, why is that? Why is that not the first thing I do? Cause that's always been my goal. Um, but I'm going to try to be really present. I'm going to be present in the nets and at least begin to identify them. I like it. 
I, um, my office is next to a Jesuit and he does spiritual direction with people. And this man, a teacher had come in and he said, you know, my prayer life is a C minus. And I just thought it was so interesting that he graded himself huh. and, you know, we're in a school, so that's not surprising, but yes, in terms of like a routine or you talk about in the morning, that's a good time for you. And I'll speak for myself. Like I am somebody who does better with routine. So thinking about that time for prayer, being intentional about it, I think that's part of keeping it real is like, mm -hmm. okay, and well, if you're not doing it at this time, like when are you doing it? And I don't want to let it go in the sense of, I don't, it's that important that I want to make sure I have to think, you know, I have to plan for it. So that's something I want to work on. Maybe just a regular time for a prayer mm -hmm. and, you know, making sure that I yeah, sit with the gospel or, you know, I have a gratitude journal, whatever it is, just really, it just, that's how I do work better when I have something kind of planned in advance. And that's not a negative. That's not like I have to adhere to it. It's more like I actually want to mm -hmm. because this is my value. And unless I do it, it won't happen. So. Amen to that. Keep it real that way. We'll keep it real. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you to everyone for listening. And um, let us know what you think. What are your nuts? And we will get back to you and share what we've discovered and discerned over the next several days. Have a great weekend. You too, Haley. And yeah, peace and prayers this week. Happy birthday to your mother and to your son. And we remember Megan and Colleen in a special way this week. Thank you.